hello and welcome back to the What Is Going On podcast, uh, the show uh, where myself, Jack Marnie, talks to friends, colleagues and uh, anyone really who, who, who wants to come on. And we talk about the, new, the week's news and uh, try and figure out what is going on. Um, it, it's been a big uh, a week um, and sort of fortnights. We certainly haven't um, had a show in, in a few weeks now, uh, unfortunately, but we're back and we're going to be talking about um, the Meghan and Harry interview, which was explosive. And then uh, very sadly as well, all about Sarah Everard um, and, and women's safety on our streets. But with me this week is uh, my good friend, Emily. How are you doing, Emily? Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks. How are you, Jack? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I'm buzzing. Are you, are you happy to be on? Are you excited? I actually am. I'm not going to lie. Like, um, obviously, I've been listening and um, I never really knew what kind of week to go on because I don't know about everyone else. But with COVID, I've kind of been tuning out a lot of the news. But I have to admit this um, last week or so has been a bit crazy. And I feel like um, it's just everywhere. <laughs> at the yeah. moment you can't really avoid anything that's going on so yeah I feel like I definitely picked the right week <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah definitely you definitely didn't pick a dead week to, <laughs> to, to come <laughs> on which I know has been I know my friend Kieran who's 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 been on so many times has certainly had a few issues with that um but but listen yeah I think I think the first thing to talk about if we're doing it chronologically uh, is definitely the the Megan and the Megan and Harry interview I, I suppose the first thing to ask is I, I mean did you watch it because it was it was two hours long yeah, I won't lie. When I saw it was on ITV, um, we made the family decision to record it so we could fast forward wow. the breaks. Um, yeah, I was a bit late to watching it. I know a few people like stayed up to watch it because obviously it was broadcasted in um, America. But yeah, I did watch it. Did you? Um, not all of it, I must say. I caught snippets. Um, I scrubbed through a bit of it. Um, but but to be honest, I no in, in shortness I in short, I, I wasn't going to sit through two hours of it um you know and all of the all of the important stuff uh you know that was covered which we'll obviously get on to was was just all I mean it was all up online on on the Sunday night because it was aired in America wasn't it first um so everybody knew all the as far as I was concerned everybody knew the juicy bits um sort of bit mm. before it aired in the UK and then it was just whether or not you wanted to to sit through it and yeah look look and see see how it played out i think i mean what's your overall take you know what what, what do you take away from that so <laughs> i think at first i was a bit reluctant to actually watch the interview because I, I was a little bit like do i really care enough to watch it like megan markle i don't really have an opinion of um i'm not a massive um royal family fan i'm not really invested in their lives so um, I wasn't too sure whether to watch it, but honestly, from watching the whole thing, um, I think fair enough that she's done it. At first, I was a little bit like, why does she have to go to Oprah and have a massive interview and this dramatic and the way it was advertised, like the trailers and stuff were very dramatic and American, as a lot of my family have referred to it as. Um, but I think um it was definitely interesting and I feel she's done the right thing if I was in her position um I probably would have done the same thing because she's been so misconstrued in the media by the media um I feel doing an interview is straight from the horse's mouth nothing that she said could be twisted in any way so yeah that, that that's my top line view <laughs> yeah. so sort of a chance a chance or as she saw it I suppose a chance to to um to set the record straight um, I think it's interesting as well that you mentioned the fact that it was well. There's two things there in that. Oh, you weren't sure whether you should watch it at all because you know, do you know, do you really care? And and then, um, uh, yeah, her, her sort of sort of setting the record straight. But but the um, with, with it being sort of Americanized, doing it with Oprah, the way it was constructed. I mean, it it wasn't a very it wasn't a particularly British interview. It was well, it wasn't at all. Um, the sort of way it was structured, you, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't as if she'd sat down with Andrew Neil, for example, on the BBC, um, you know, and, and, and gone through it. And I think, it, you know, and you talk about your family talking about it being Americanized. And I think I wonder if that's quite a typical British response to it. Um, you know, in that I think because it's this, you know, Oprah and, and an American way of doing the interview, automatically some people's guard is up and 
you know, whether that, that sort of helped or hindered her perhaps, or maybe she just didn't care. Um, and I know that certainly there's huge chunks of the population out there, but it's not in their position or Megan has changed. I don't know about you, but I feel like the people who didn't like her still don't like her. And then the people who, 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 who did, uh, or, or at least think she's done nothing wrong and is, uh, or, or has been hounded um, out, out of the UK unfairly, you know, take exactly the same position. Yeah, I have to admit, the, dry, the main reason why I decided to watch it was when I had a conversation with my family over Zoom <laughs> and, um, and we kind of talked about it, like whether we were going to be watching it or not. And it was actually my grandparents that were like, normally all for the Queen and all for any royal family, like they love Kate. And they were like, oh, we're not watching it. We don't like Meghan. We don't trust her and all of this. And I was like, whoa, how do you have such strong opinions of someone that you've never met? <laughs> like, I as I said before, I didn't really have an opinion of her. Um, and I think I just wanted to see how she came across. And I think also seeing all the newspaper headlines and, and things, I feel um, the people who didn't like her before just thought she was lying throughout the whole interview. And, um, and I think it's kind of her final mic drop, like, you're, you're never going to believe me then. I've said it. Like, and I think now she's come out and said, like, she's asking the royal family um, staff, whatever, for proof that she bullied her staff. And I feel like she, but the people who weren't too sure of her now love her, I feel. So it, it's kind of, it, I feel like it's worked in her favour. Yeah, and, and you, you highlighted there something about, about obviously, the, the, the palace or, you know, uh, courtiers or whatever you want to call them, people that work for the monarchy. Um, you know, of, of brief, they, they, they've, they've talked to newspapers and, and essentially said that, that yeah, that there have been accusations made that, that while uh, Meghan were, was, was there and, and a working royal alongside Harry, that, that she'd bullied staff. Um, you know, and, and there's suggestions that, you know, that it's essentially like a briefing war because they knew that Meghan was going to come out and say something. Um, you know, it turned out that, that uh, you know, she, she, she said she'd, there was a conversation had not with members of the royal family from what you know she was very very careful both of them were I think not to sort of highlight any actual members of the royal family and said that the queen and, and prince Philip were, were all fine um but that the you know members of the royal household had asked whether or not her you know how dark the the, the skin of her her baby would be um you know so so huge sort of accusation of racism there um and, and then of course you had the palace that came out as well this week and said we're absolutely not institutionally racist, which I think on the one hand, you think, well, what are they supposed to say? But then equally, they, they say nothing else and, and they just say, uh, we're gonna deal with it internally. And I think that gets to the crux of the whole thing is that on the one hand, you know, I think there's the view that, that should we care about this at all? It's, it, you know, if anything, it's a family matter, um, you know, and yet, and I, I think personally, I land more on that side um, because as you say, it sucked up the entire week's news and we've been spending more than a week talking about it, um, you know, essentially talking about a big family feud. And yet on the other hand, maybe maybe you do need to talk about it. And, it, and it's crazy that we do, but, but we do live in a, in, a, in, a, in a system where the head of state is a monarch. And so frankly, the familial goings on inside their palace can actually affect the nation. <laughs> So we've got to talk about it, but but I, I don't know. What do you think? I think um, the royal family, my personal opinion of them is that they don't really, they're kind of a publicity type figures in society. They don't um, have as much power as they used to many years ago. And um, as like the politicians and things. And I feel like the whole issue was a public matter because them as a whole are kind of a public thing, an institution that everyone kind of is involved in and interested in. And um, their lives have always been displayed and we've consumed their lives through the newspaper, be it radio. Do you know what I mean? Like all, all different, yeah. like the Queen's speech at, at Christmas. Well, they're, they're, it's such they're like public a fundamental. Figures. They're public figures just like politicians. They're just, they're just not elected. They're just always going to be there. Um, mm. No, 100%. And I think, um, yeah, I, I think the whole thing with the interview, the one thing, the two main things that I took away from it was um, obviously the main things about like um, the colour of Archie's skin. Like, I think that was, 
that was disgusting and awful. Um, but the one thing that made me think, because mm, I, I did believe her, I'm not saying I questioned what she said, but the only thing that I was a little bit like, mm, that well, that doesn't seem quite right, was um, when she said about, um, she didn't know what she was getting involved in. And I think I understood the main thing of what she was saying is that she's American, they don't really understand. I mean, I don't know if you've ever spoken to an American and this is obviously very broadly, but they've kind of said like, oh, have you met the queen then? And you're like, no, <laughs> like that just doesn't happen. And I feel like there is a bit of a misunderstanding of the, the role of the royal family in like the UK as a whole. Um, but I feel the fact that she was an actress, the fact they were dating before they got married, like, and she has a team behind her that kind of control her career and advise her how to be portrayed in the press before she was part of the royal family and dated Harry. I'm There's just a part of me that's like, someone must have told you, there must have been a few conversations that said, look, this is how you behave. Yeah. And absolutely. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. No, no. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that others have picked up on. I, I mean, I certainly, there was a bit of me that thought that I've had conversations with people who thought the same thing. It, you know, it's been on the news as well. Um, yeah, I think it, it either looks incredibly naive or, or at worst, you know, something of a, something of a white lie, um, you know, or maybe not so white, um, you know, and, and I think it speaks as well to the fact that, you know, you talk about the fact that she was an actress, she, you know, she's a, she, she's a celebrity, um, you know, and not in the same way as, as the royals. Um, and maybe she thought she was used to the limelight and sort of scrutiny and everything else. But I think, to, you know, it, it's like being interviewed by Oprah rather than, rather than Andrew Neil you know, on the BBC, it, it, it's, it's, she may get, have interviews with the Hollywood press and, and everything else and have paparazzi following her, but it's, it's not the same as the scrutiny you're going to get, you're going to get when you join the royal family, because, and there, and there are, and there are multiple layers to this, and there is a question as, as to whether, you know, um, it, it, it's outright racism and, 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 you know, whether the British press, you know, has this massive racist streak and was against her from the start. Um, you know, which I think is something definitely worth exploring. And, and like, there's been clear evidence that, for example, her and uh, Kate were were covered in really different ways for doing the same sort of thing. Um, but what am I trying to get at? In that she joined the royal family and, and she thought she knew what celebrity was, but, you know, and maybe she didn't make the link that the royals are obviously, you know, and as a working royal, you're a public figure. You may not be elected like a politician, but essentially you are you are kind of being held to account, I think, is how a lot of people, you know, is how some people will put it. And certainly, I suppose the newspaper editors will put it. Now, I don't think you can make an argument that, you know, calling her names in the press and, and sort of hounding her and taking paparazzi type shots is, is anything other than just um, invasive and, and sort of unnecessary. But then I think, you know, to some people leaving and then going on Oprah, you think, well, you know, if you wanted a private life, why would you do that? Um, but but having said that, they're free to do so, I suppose. Do, do you see what I'm getting at in terms of the the sort of celebrity? It, it seems like she wants to go back to a certain kind of celebrity, perhaps, rather than the type that the royal family are used to. Well, it's kind of like the, uh, the Hollywood glamour, isn't it? America is kind of... Um, celebrity lifestyle is kind of made out to be this lovely kind of perfect life you live in a big house whatever whereas I feel like the UK press is a lot I say this the, the US press is very um mean and harsh um yeah I, I, it's a strange one I think I think yeah it, it's a tough one <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's that's certainly true. Yeah, it's um, yeah, we're we're not going to come up with with, <laughs> with an actual answer, I suppose. Um, and something else that, that that's become really obvious as well. You talked about your grandparents' view on her and and sort of the royals is that there seems to be such a clear age divide as well. Um, and obviously that's a generalization, and there will be there'll be differences in both age groups. But but certainly the sort of the sort of under under forties, under fifties, um, you know, under forties maybe seem to be. You know far more in her camp um and the older generation perhaps not i mean what what is it what is it about her do you think that annoys that, that that doesn't endear her to 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 certainly the older generation anyway 
I think the fact that she tried to change, she, she was different. Like I feel that Kate Middleton to me kind of doesn't have any personality. She's not really that much in the press unless it's with her children. Obviously, of course, apart from this weekend when she went to Clapham, but I think she's very, she conformed, whereas Megan didn't as such. Like she obviously had a lot of, she was involved in a lot of active activism before she was part of the Royal Family. And I think she wanted to continue that. And um, obviously couldn't really because she had to conform and she had to act a certain way and couldn't really take the limelight as a lot of people saw it and kind of um, be in the corner, uh, be behind the royal family. And I think also there's the, um, the fact that I think she's kind of epitomizes UK racism as a whole um, because a lot of people are like, oh, well, she, they're, like racism isn't involved in it because when I see her, I don't see a black woman. Like she, she's very light for a black woman. And it's also almost like saying, I'm not racist, but do you know what I mean? Like that's how I've kind of viewed it. And it's a bit like, I think it's a lot of people don't like her because she is mixed race. A lot of people, like there are racist people out there. And I think also because she's American, I think a lot of people are like, oh, like not, not in our royal family. If you see what I, I mean. I think the, I think both played a part there. There are certainly, you, you know, it's interesting. You're, you're trying to find like cause and effect. I think when you look at the headlines um, and, you know, a lot of people have come away and said, you know, the press is institutionally racist and, and there's lots of racist people who don't like her. And, but I think you touch on an interesting and often overlooked point is that as well, it, her Americanness probably felt like a threat. Um, you know, and I think that probably isn't talked about enough as well. Um, you know about her just being so different and not not sort of understanding and maybe not wanting to understand what 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 being part of the royal family was like um you know but n neither of which i think you know meant that that she deserved to be treated in the way in the way that she was unfortunately um you know but but then i think have, ha having said that it, it's um you know, it's a question of being a working royal. They decided they didn't want to be a working royal and, and, and they left and they and they gave up that life. They paid back the money. The taxpayers had paid for sort of the renovation of their of their home. They paid that back and, um, you know, they went to live. There. And I think, yeah, I think it's interesting because I think at that point, despite the fact that there were still, I think, horrible people in the press still trying to make hay out of it, just trying to get clicks. I think, you know, they, they decamped to Canada and then California and that could that basically would have been the end of it um and then you know they've decided to come do this interview which they have every right to do but then of course it's just started it all up again um you know which i think which i think is just an interesting point and brings us back to the conversation of whether we should be talking about it at all you know and, and are there not more important things to be talking about yeah i have to admit i forgot that that was ever a thing i kind of forgot about Meghan and Harry and the fact that they weren't working rules anymore and it, it was just a bit strange that they kind of stopped um their role as working rules like oh like come I think it was over a year ago now so yeah I, I did find it a bit strange that they decided to do an interview like a broadcast it last week uh, uh, yeah uh, and again I suppose Oprah Oprah's their friend she went to have their wedding so it's not as if they picked you know an, an impartial interviewer but but i suppose that you know that wasn't that that wasn't the case um and i think yeah. oh, sorry. no it's okay i was just yeah i was just going to say that yeah we, we, we're still talking about it um and i think there's a question as to as to whether we should be or, 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 or shouldn't and sort of how much of it is about performance and not not sorry as in how many for how many people talking about it and watching it is about sort of almost voyeurism you know in terms of you know it's entertainment essentially you know it's you know it's like it, it you know you could liken it to watching love island you know because it's drama and it's and it's 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 just something to entertain you as opposed to having a serious conversation about the role of the monarchy and and that, I, I mean on on that note i suppose and, and the way to sort of round out this topic is i suppose if this if this week and, and the last couple of weeks involved in the interview has sort of brought anything up it's the role of the monarchy um you know and, and and what people think about it i mean is is the monarchy right for the 21st century do you know do you see this sort of sprouting about of republicanism and 
<laughs> there won't be a there won't be a you know King King Charles will be no more in ten years. Um, I think the interview kind of humanised the monarchy, and I personally, I've never been a massive fan. I mean, as a child, I went round the palaces, and you're like, oh. I'd love to be a princess or whatever. And I think it, it's lovely and like the his, history behind all the buildings and artifacts and all of that is very, um, like just, it is so important for our culture, but the, the royal family itself, I just feel like they're, they're just wriggled with scandals and they're kind of held up to a, to a standard that is almost like godlike. And I think at the end of the day, they're people, they've been, born into that position they haven't earned it so it's kind of it's a weird thing for me because I've, I've always just found it very peculiar and and like well why are they in that position like of authority do you know it's just I, I personally don't think they they serve a purpose apart from tourism predominantly and kind of symbolism of like patriotic symbolism really personally but I, I i know a lot of people would disagree a lot of people love the royals and i, and I think I, I wonder how secure the monarchy would be if it weren't for the queen and i think when the queen eventually does go um whether whether charles or or, or even william you know is going to have that same that same support i think she's built up so you know for even those who aren't huge fans of the monarchy you know they look at the queen i think a lot of people and just think well you know she's not she's sort of stoic she doesn't you know she she she, she doesn't open her mouth on any particular issue so there's nothing we can really shoot at her and um and you know she's been there since the war and and it's um you know just that length of time you know means a lot to people but then you know when people start to think okay well do we want charles or or william representing us on the world stage and what you know what do we think of them i reckon people's people's answers change mm. so. yeah I think people still haven't forgiven um Charles for marrying Camilla and um I think everyone like how can you not like the queen like how old is she and she still um gets fully dressed up and like ready to go to anything and um still fulfills all of her duties like doesn't let age get in the way um I think a lot of people are grateful for that because well I know from my family that they don't really like Charles I think everyone kind of views him as a bit of a goon I know goon, goon, lack of better word but yeah I don't know what what do you think about Charles and William <laughs> Oh crikey! Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't know if I've given it a huge amount of thought. Turn the I think, on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I I don't know. I had I've had interesting conversations uh, this week as we obviously you know talked about the monarchy and everything this week and about how maybe it might be an idea for Charles to you know to bow out and and just allow William mm. you know to 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 ascend to the throne. Um, so you know, and I think I think frankly the you know the monarchy might be more safe you know if william were to take the reins after after the queen um just because there will be some people who still have a hang out you know hang up over charles um you know all linked to, to diana um uh, uh, and yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see what will happen um you know when, when the queen does go but again the other thing to remember is she isn't going to go anywhere uh, unless parliament has has a say and and um you know with a conservative majority i certainly don't see um don't see the monarchy <laughs> monarchy going anywhere but um right well, well you know let, let's move on to the to the the second big topic um you know the week and really i think the, the only reason we, we we sort of stopped talking about about harry and megan and, and and all of that jazz um uh, uh this week i i wish it was certainly a you know a happier news story um but obviously it's the case of sarah everard um who was abducted off the streets of london um and and, and was was murdered um by who who turned out to be an off-duty police officer um and it's just started this entire conversation uh, you know around women's safety on the streets and, and, and male violence towards women and the statistics going around that there was that 
report that came out this week, 97% of women have been uh, sexually harassed. You know, the, I don't want this to sound cliche. I mean, what's, as a woman, what's it been like this week? Um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, it's, it's been a lot. Um, I just, I remember calling up um, Tobes, my boyfriend earlier in the week. And I was like, I just feel sick. Like I can't even like read anything without feeling like God. Cause I, I think the thing is with the whole case is obviously she was missing and like any missing person you're like, oh, she, she'll be found. Like she was walking at like, I think it was half nine or something. There were people about surely. And then you're like, oh, it's locked down. And, and you kind of let it carry on because it's only on a few people's stories. And then it grew and grew and grew. And I think by the end of it, when she obviously was found, I think the, the biggest thing for me where I felt most like, oh my gosh, was when they were like, we found human remains. And I, obviously this is very morbid, but I was like, what, oh, like what, what did, what's happened to her? Like, what ha like what has this guy done because obviously he was being investigated at that time and I, I I just think people are so angry because it not only was it was the um the murderer I can't what's the name Steve do you know who I, I mean like, uh, you know I don't have his name I, I think something as well is that I'm you know I'm not a huge fan of, of talking about um it's something I picked up from from um uh, a YouTuber called uh, Philip DeFranco. Um, so I don't know if anyone anyone knows him, but he, he's a news YouTuber. And essentially, um, you know, the view is that you don't necessarily want to publicize the names of um, terrorists, killers, uh, you know, and, and stuff like that. A, because, you know, they, they don't really deserve it. Um, you know, and B, um, because it can create sort of like a cult of, you know, there could be, there could be horrible people out there who may want to emulate, emulate them. Um, so, so I don't have his name on hand you know basically okay well the the guy we'll, we'll call him um <laughs> well th thank god i didn't say then because otherwise i would have i would have gone I, against I, I don't know your... i don't know i don't know whether that whether that's um right or wrong i i um you know but it's certainly when i was thinking about the show um you know i i thought you know surely it's better to to be mentioning the name of sarah rather than the name of her killer so no, I agree. To be honest, I was very shocked that it was so publicised because he's already been hospitalised twice because he's been beaten up in his cell and things. And I think it kind of, yeah, I, I didn't really understand why his photograph and name were released. But anyway, yeah, so I, I just think the whole, it, it's just been very shocking. And I think people are already angry. People don't like the police, right, already. I feel there's a, there's a distrust, especially with the whole, Black Lives Matter movement and stuff, people are angry at the police and rightly so to some extent. And I think everything that erupted on the weekend, sorry, I'm, I might be jumping ahead here, I know. <laughs> please, please, it's all right, we, we have a natural flow, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm waffling, sorry. But um, I just think like this week as a whole, like it kind of peaked at the weekend when I just saw those videos and I think social media is a great tool especially Instagram people use it to spread um like the whole issue in um India with the farmers and and a lot of there's a lot a lot of people share their opinions and their knowledge on social media and I think it's a great platform but equally there was a lot of um videos taken um in during the like silent protests and vigil and gathering and stuff. And I think it's very shocking. And obviously it can be taken out of context. You have to take some videos with a pinch of salt, but you can clearly see the police shoving protesters out of the way and like they're holding women down and all of that. And I just think, why? People are already angry at you. People are just uh, so scared, like especially women are so scared and angry that this has happened. And then you go and publicly shove people and arrest them and you say it's all because of COVID. And I'm like, well, who pulled the trigger there? Who thought that was a good idea? Because you know people are going to photograph. You, you know that's going to be shared. Like, why? You're asking for people to get more angry and go against you more. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just, it really baffled me. And it, it did, it made me, it made me angry. I don't know about you, Jack, but I was riled. <laughs> Certainly a PR disaster for the Metropolitan Police, and I think you'd be hard pressed to say that 
it was a good decision. Uh, I certainly don't don't think it was. Um, I think that you know, obviously, you're, you're talking about there was a there was a visual in Clapham Common uh, on, on Saturday night for for um, you know to remember Sarah Everard, um, and there'd actually been a request made by the the official organisers uh, to have a COVID secure protest, or, or not even a protest. It, it was a vigil, is what you know they were going to have a, a you know a sort of a, a, an evening of remembrance, and there would be COVID marshals there, and it would be socially distanced and everything else. And basically, it, you know, it was it was refused by by the Met, um, you know, but of course, people came out anyway, uh, you know, because they were angry, because, because they were angry and upset, but also because they wanted to pay their respects. And, and you know, from what I understand it, you know, it, it was very much, you know, an atmosphere of, of, of paying your respects and, and, and laying flowers, you know, until it got dark. Uh, and then there were some speeches given up on the bandstand, um, you know, and then at that stage, the police decided to move in. Um, but again, that, you know, you wouldn't have got to that stage if you'd have allowed the peaceful vigil to go ahead in the first place. Um, and of course, now there's talk about, um, you know, whose fault is this, particularly where does the blame lie? Um, you know, whether or not Cressida Dick, who's, who's the head of the, the, I should say the female head, uh, of the Metropolitan Police, whether she should resign, she said she isn't. And then, of course, there's the point that is this really what we should be talking about? Should we be, you know, we need to be having, a, some might say we need to be having a different type of conversation. W what do you think? What, what should we be talking about right now? I think what I've loved about the one thing, the silver lining, I think, of this week so far is the the amount of educating that's going along in social media like I've been sharing it with my parents and stuff like that obviously in lockdown don't have many people to talk to but I think like the best one that I've seen so far is like uh, I can't remember what, what was crossed out it's like a sentence it's like look um look after your girls or something like that and it's like no educate your your boys or like educate the men and stuff like that and I think it's definitely invited the conversation of girls aren't to blame and I think Sarah Everard, bless her, she she contacted her partner. She was walking home at like half nine, as many people have done, and walked home a lot later by themselves at night. Um, and she was in bright clothing. She was in um, sensible shoes like trainers. And I think she was walking in a busy kind of place. But then there's still people saying, oh, well, sh she shouldn't be walking home, at, home by herself at night. She shouldn't be walking like across a common. And it's kind of like, well, it could have happened in broad day. It has happened to some girls during broad daylight, but it just so happened that she was walking when it was dark. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's the only thing. It's, it's invited, sorry, I'm losing my, losing my thought. <laughs> but um, I think it's definitely invited a different kind of conversation and kind of flipped the table on the whole um, sexual harassment. And it's exposed a lot of ugly people and perspectives. So especially with the hashtag not all men trending, I thought that was. Ask me about that. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, obviously, I, I don't want everyone to just be listening to my voice the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that, uh, I'll just quickly share. There's a thread. Um, so when I looked up hashtag not all men, because I thought surely this must be a joke. Surely someone's taken it and gone, lol, someone must be thinking this. So I'm going to make it trending to say why it's wrong. No, there's actually people out there going, oh, girls are hurt, but hashtag it's not all men. And I'm like, oh, obviously it's not all men. It's like the same as like hashtag all lives matter. But anyway, um, and there's one thread that I thought was really good. There is a point to my story. And um, <laughs> and it was this woman, she was about like middle-aged. I don't know her age, obviously. And there's a picture of her, a nice dress and a hat. And she said, I'm not asking for sympathy. This is just uh, a normal story. There's nothing special about this I'm just sharing my experience it's about 10 tweets obviously I won't tell you what each one is um but essentially she was saying um, I was having a really good day um my book had just been published I had a party wore a kind of low-cut dress but it wasn't too much like obviously I was at work so but it was I was really like the dress and I was coming home from that on a really high note like I was I was happy and I was on the train and there was these three middle-aged um middle-class men opposite her and they kept like, and it was a packed train and they kept talking to her and they were like, oh, oh, wh wh 
what's your name um oh we're, we're, we're gonna call you jemima because we don't know what your name is but how are you and like they wouldn't leave her alone and then they said nice hat and the conversation went on and they got off the same stop as her and followed her home she was like she kept um at the end of each like tweet kind of saying i'm not asking for sympathy this happens to everyone and this is my point type thing and then she said basically um that a lot of people um what was it so it's then yeah she got off the train and then got really panicked found her way home and um and has never worn the dress since and was like on high alert the whole way home because she was worried she didn't get followed and she was like this happens to loads of women every day but people don't really understand the impact of it and i think a lot of people like the comments that people were saying were like oh well they were just complimenting you and then said about her figure and her um face and stuff and and she was like no they were complimenting my boobs like they, they looked at my boobs while saying nice hat like they they were looking me up and down and felt like a piece of meat whatever and she said i haven't worn the dress since and i think and there's a lot of comments that were very rude and i think what's great is that there were so many more comments saying not all men but especially men like kenny and it was like i just thought it was it was quite nice to see that even though there are bad people there's a lot of good sorry that went on a while you might want to cut some oh, of that I was, I, yeah it's a good it was a good story and an important story to share definitely um yeah i mean i mean i think i think that the sort of talk about not all men you know do, does completely does completely miss the point and and something else as well you know as a man obviously i think you, you know i think i understand where the the gut reaction comes from but i think it's it's a reaction that shouldn't get further than than an, um they shouldn't really get very far um you know if you're not like 10 um and even then you know probably not because when you think it through i mean it's obvious that it's not all men but it's also obvious that that a you know women you know have, have, have absolutely no idea who, who who it could be uh, and that's just a fact that's just a fact of life um you, you know um and b i think that that you know while we i think a lot of men might think um you know are sort of incredulous and think oh well i i would never do something like that um you know and if that's the case then great but but i mean clearly there are huge swathes of the population that that that, that are doing these things um you know and, and by these things i i don't mean sort of necessarily rape and murder although clearly there's 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 far too much of that happening and you know i saw a statistic um that a woman is killed by a man every three days in in the uk um which is just just insane um but you know in terms of uh, th that's that study that came out through the guardian this week about 97 percent of, of of women have, have said they faced sort of sexual um harassment and i think it's there's there's two things as well you know people that think oh it's it's, it's not an issue i mean that's just ridiculous uh, and then there are others that that, that I, you know i've that, that have been saying oh um oh i'm 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 so shocked you, you know it's um, i i don't think especially three or four years on from the me too movement i i don't see how how men you know they they they, they have they should have a responsibility not to be shocked because i think if you know a woman you you will have heard these stories um you, you know uh, there's a there's a, a female journalist i follow a fantastic journalist called sophia um uh gayla smith um and uh, she's very big on on tiktok and that's probably where, where most people might know her from but but anyway um literally two weeks ago uh you know she posted a story about um being randomly harassed on the street by a man who was following her in a car and, and sort of pulled onto the pavement and it, it sounded terrifying um you know and, and yeah i i think it, you know if, if, if you know a woman that, that that you know the vast majority of men do then or, or a girl then you should have heard this stuff and then it's you know it's very much you know at that point i think it's it's very much up to us to to think about what we can do to to sort of change that i mean personally yeah men have to have to hold themselves and 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 their friends and their mates and, and and other men to account i think that's really that's really obvious i think you know clearly people that are saying oh well, they were just complimenting that that woman when it was clearly ha harassment you know need to take a look at, at what they find acceptable in society and you know if you see that going on then you need to try and put a stop to it 
and, and as well personally I, I think that there needs to be stuff um done in schools um you know I, I sort of you know made a comment during the week about how I thought that that you know there needs to be room in the curriculum to talk about this stuff I I don't remember um any sort of relationship uh, uh, classes on relationships or consent or anything at, at school you know I, I remember when I got to university the, the the student union were running a campaign uh, called I Heart Consent and they were you know and they, and they did lectures and like all the all the people in the hall all the all the people in charge of the university halls would do the odd speech and they'd hand out condoms and everything else but but I mean like that that genuinely was um you know and, and please don't get me wrong I and many others knew what consent was by by the age of 18, 19. But but my point was, I think back and I think that was probably the, the first explicit like campaign, if you like, about that subject that, that I'd come, you know, that I'd come across. Whereas I think that, you know, you need to be having that conversation, you know, with 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 kids, um, you know, not because, you know, and again, it's like saying hashtag not all kids like obviously not all kids are going to grow up to do that stuff but clearly you know without us with us just continuing the way that we are some will grow, grow up like that um you know and clearly it's not getting talked about in some you know in, in homes enough uh you know or, or, or adequately well and and um yeah per personally that you know that i don't know what you think but but i think there needs to be there needs to be stuff in schools about about it no a hundred percent i think um it, it's so important. Um, I think one, I remember learning this at uni, I was, I was really shocked that um, marital rape only actually became illegal in like 1991. I might have got that date wrong, but it's, it's around 1990s. It, and was, I it was very late, yeah. And I was like, as if people don't think that a man can rape his wife or, or a woman rape, rape her husband, you know, it, it does, I'm not saying that it's, it's always men. But um, yeah, I, I just think why, because I remember having a conversation with my mum and I, well, I was going to secondary school and I'd start to have to walk to school and I was about 11 um, and I remember her telling me, look, I've read up this thing. If you're in trouble, or you feel or you don't feel safe, call me up and ask about Aunt Violet. Obviously, I don't have an Aunt Violet. It was kind of like a code word to say, oh, I don't feel safe, stay on the phone type thing. And I think if you're young enough to kind of deal with that, especially with um, one of, oh, I hate it when anyone beeps at you and um, cat calls you or something. Like, uh, that's the term, isn't it? And um, I think if you're if you're young enough to have to deal with that, that isn't a choice. Then you you're you're old enough to deal with consent as a topic as all of that because I, I feel like it's so fundamental because how many guys on tinder or snapchat whatever would just send a dick pic and you're like i i know <laughs> like who wants that do you know what i mean and i feel like boys and men need to be taught that as a whole as, as well as i know i keep saying it but as well as girls i feel like everyone needs to consent is a topic that everyone needs to understand and engage in it's so important yeah um, and i i think it's about as well you know the way you think about the way we bring up people to think about society and that you know while a lot of men will probably say well i'd never do that i think growing up there was this implicit you know and and, and, and girls are you know a condition to think the same way i think that it just it's just a fact of life you know you just are oh, well you know getting beeped at or cat called or you know it's just because no one ever sat you down and, and said you know this is wrong uh you know and this shouldn't be allowed um you, you know it, it, it's just you know you've been sort of socialized into thinking it's you know it's just normal um mm. you know and clearly it, well it, it certainly shouldn't be um you know it's it's, it, it's certainly common um you know and it shouldn't be and, that, and that's my point about about like the education system is that you need to make that point really early um you, you, you know because you see and, and and it's not just like you see it in films as well you, you know and and, and just ev everywhere you look i think it, it's just played out as uh, as as common and um you know you see it in in sort of grisly thrillers and drama series uh, you know I, I was listening to to the time one of the times podcasts today about sort of you know 
maybe sort of sexualized violence against women in in film and, and tv shows and, and stuff like that and, and i think that, you know not saying that you know drama is drama and you shouldn't start banning things but equally i think there has to be a conversation had about why you know why why it's being produced it's being produced because people want to watch it well why do people want to watch it and and you know what kind of society are you are you creating well there? i think um I think it kind of, I couldn't believe, obviously, Bridgerton was a massive success when it was released. Um, I think it was Christmas or something it was released. And I think it was really popular. But one scene that really, I was like, a wow, Netflix, how have I Netflix heard about it? A Netflix period drama for people that don't oh, know sorry. Bridgerton. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's all right. Sorry. I just, for those of you who don't, <laughs> don't watch it. No, it makes sense. Um, yeah, so um, it was really popular on Netflix. And one scene that really I was like, wow, I can't believe this isn't being talked about more was when Daphne, the female lead, um, essentially rapes her husband. And um, and I think I saw one, one news, news article on it and nothing else. And all anyone said is how, how much they love the Duke and whatever, who's this guy who doesn't like commitment and nothing on that scene. And I, I was like, if that was the other way around, if he had raped her, there'd be uproar. Everyone would be like, as if you've just put that on a television show. And um, I, I don't know if you watched it, Jack, but there was the, um, I think the best TV show or any kind of drama that I've seen handle the um, whole issue of consent is definitely I May Destroy You. I don't know with um, Michaela. I, I don't know that one, actually. No, I, I don't know it. Oh. You should watch it. I on I loved it. So it was, it's I think it's on BBC iPlayer still. And um, basically, she used it as a kind of it, it's kind of a way for her to get over because she was assaulted. Um, I think she was spiked and raped. And basically, she talks about it and then deals with the whole issue of consent and um, essentially how people deal with um, sexual assault. So, yeah, no, it, it's, it's really interesting. I think she handled the whole topic and really invited a conversation of how how people just ignore it and kind of, yeah, how it's how it's talked about and covered. And I think that that that's an important conversation, you know, that that's the sort of conversation to be had about how this stuff is talked about and uh, and and yeah, where the change needs to come from. I, I think it's, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, is this, tragedy gonna you know is there going to be a silver lining come out of it in that the conversation will change it'll move away from what women wear and, and sort of you know what some see as blaming women uh, for going about what they have every right to do uh, you know and move towards you know some, a, a different tack I suppose um a I think do, do you think two things I think you know to finish on a uh you know, do you think the conversation will change? Do you think, you know, we, we have sort of turned a corner? And then B, I suppose, what, you know, what specifically do you want to see? You know, whether that's from men in general, whether that's from governments, the police, what are your thoughts? Um, I think the conversation um, has changed. I think people, it's very, it's very obvious where people go wrong and how you can make a girl feel comfortable and how wrong it is that we should women should be made to feel uncomfortable and unsafe um on the streets or in the world as a whole and i think um definitely it's, it's made more obvious and i think uh one another bit another snippet from the protest was that a woman was like i've just gone out to a policeman a policeman sorry and um and said to him that a man just over there, literally a few meters away has come up into my face and called me an effing slag or whatever. And like, um, sorry, I've, I've probably lowered the tone of your, of your podcast, but um, yeah. And then, and then she went to go and talk to the police policeman and he was like, well, like, and kind of shrugged it off and was like, well, what, what do you want me to do? And I think that was picked up by like Sky News and all sorts. And I think it's definitely being covered a lot. I say this while, um, obviously the newspapers um, were showing their front page news was rural meltdown because of they're still talking about Harry and Meghan. And then there's a picture of Kate that's like, oh, she repays her respects. And I'm like, how can you just completely ignore the whole like mess <laughs> of that 
of the of the evening before do you know what i mean that's front page news that's what people should be learning about not the fact that harry and megan did an interview nearly a week ago and kate without a mask on i may add that didn't go down well with me to be honest i was like whether you're outside or not you're walking close to people put a mask on um but yeah anyway so i i think it, it's inviting a conversation with a lot of people it's 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 revealing a lot of anger and i mean i really hope more than anything that it will um lead to change but as we know the world isn't a perfect place so we shall see and i think um one thing I want from it is for guys to take accountability um, and for the police to take accountability, which I know is a lot to ask, but um, yeah, just people to be aware of their actions and how they can help and how they can't, how they can stop contributing to the problem. And like, as you said, some guys are like, I would never fathom of doing anything like that. No, but then you laugh at your mate making a rude joke or moving on to a girl that is clearly too drunk to say no. Do you know what I mean? And then it, it's, it's that whole kind of thing that's like, yeah, but you're just as bad because silence is a form of agreement. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's how I kind of view it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> takeaway from this is that yeah is that yeah exactly men men need to take accountability not only for themselves um but but for for others you know as that they see uh, as well well listen look you've been brilliant thank you so much for for coming on um you know this has been a really interesting um you know re really interesting uh 45 odd minutes we've we, we've been here now um you know how, how do you feel you're happy you came on yeah, I am. I just hope I haven't offended anyone or anything's been taken. Oh, no, wrong. not at all. <laughs> Come on, that's you know, it's not not an issue. Well, well, I'll be releasing a podcast, um, you know, uh, at some point uh, on uh, all to do with uh, offence and, um, and 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 laws around around freedom of expression and everything. But that's that that that's to come um you know i promise that'll come out soon but in the meantime um, one and more jack <laughs> <laughs> well um in, in the meantime emily thanks so much for, for being on you've been absolutely brilliant um yeah i mean i, I i'm jack and um we will uh, we will see you guys uh next time thanks for having me jack